0: Wake up, turn I loose. Shout out Bob Marley getting me through this quarantine with these good good vibrations. Oh my god, it's a beautiful day out today. It's 9:21 in Bologna, Italia, and today you are about to listen to an amazing, amazing, great, fantastic episode with the Carpe DM Boys. Two British dudes that started a a tour guide business in Rome. They were traveling, young dudes traveling, and they didn't want to stop traveling. So they figured out how to to make some money. They were down to their last euro, so they had to. But it's a freaking great little story um, about nomads and travelers figuring out how to still travel. And uh, make money while doing it. So I love that about them. They got a cool little thing going on. I met uh, Mr. White in Rome last summer on his tour. Fantastic guy. Knew a, a crap ton. And, and we also hit on the Eternal City. All roads lead to Rome. We speak about experiences, uh, living there, what to do, what to see. It's a city that every single person needs to experience before they die in my humble opinion i think it's peak civilization of what the human species has accomplished of what we know so far i love rome it's amazing and these dudes are great they know all about it but they also know and will help you think outside the box when it pertains to a career making money doing which you love. They're fantastic dudes. Check out the bio, the links, Carpe DM, their website. They're going to hook all you guys up, make some deals. It's fantastic. It's a beautiful community we are building. Oh, and also we recorded this on Rome's birthday, uh, April 20th or the 21st. I forgot, but that was kind of neat. I didn't even set that up. It just worked out that way. The universe, it's magical. Share this episode and enjoy it. Peace. All right, we're back at it, and they say all roads lead to Rome, the Eternal City, and that's the topic of today. Uh, we got a couple interesting dudes on here today, some some England England boys. You'll be able to hear from their their accent, and they've figured out a way to kind of live their travel life while making money, doing some uh, touristy stuff, tour guides for uh, in the city of Rome, but. of why I really want to speak on on Rome and and whatnot is because, in my opinion, it is the one city you need to see before you die. The history, you know, what the human species is capable of doing and and it's an amazing place. So today we're going to get into um, traveling to Rome, kind of where to stay, main things to see, eat. I mean, we got some, some tour guides here that know every square inch of the city. Uh, hit on some history, but then most importantly, um, knock on uh, this nomad life that these two uh, young gentlemen, Harry and Russell, uh, have figured out a way to do. And their story is pretty neat, kind of backs against the walls. How are we going to keep traveling while making money? So I'm very excited today. Let's talk about the Eternal City. Russell, how about you start us off and and tell our listeners kind of what you and Harry are all about? hey hey nice to be here
1: okay well we'll get started with how it all began i guess so basically we we were 18 when we traveled europe together it was one of our big dreams throughout sort of school and high school and after all that education we just wanted to to get away and sort of you know let our hair down a little bit so to speak Uh, so we saved up a lot for an interrail
0: trip have you ever heard of interrail
1: Oh, yeah, that's what um,
0: a lot of Europeans do, right? It's kind of like the rite of passage to becoming a man, go travel around Europe.
1: I would say so, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a great idea. I really, really advise it. So Interrail is this option where you can buy train tickets for two to two weeks to two months, I think it is, and they're all-inclusive. So it's a massive benefit if you're a young traveler and staying in hostels and oversleeping and having a bit too much fun at night because you don't have a fixed arrangement the next day like a flight you have to catch there's like five trains to the next city and you could catch any one of those trains you know so it's a nice way to do it and we first started off in rome which is kind of ironic because we had no idea that we would actually end up living and working in rome by the end of this and you know we saved up a fair bit of money we thought we were going to go for a long time i think we thought we were going for three months <laughs> it ended up being a- about three weeks more or less We had a great time and we didn't want to limit that great time. So, you know, we were just enjoying ourselves. And uh, it got to a point where we were a little bit make or break. We were in a hostel in Zagreb in Croatia.
2: Isn't that right, Harry? Yeah, yeah, we were in Zagreb. So we'd been traveling, what, for about, I think it was about four weeks. And like you said, saved up what we thought was going to be for three months and literally just spent all of our money. Don't regret it at all. Um, and then we were like left with about 200 pounds each and we were like no chance that we're gonna go home now we've still got two more two months left so we really had the option of like i said going home or finding work and we were looking online and russell found this advert for being a promoter at the coliseum so getting the people off the streets to do the tours and for me, I, I'm a positive person, but for this, I was actually a bit skeptical. It was like no Italian needed, come down to the Colosseum, uh, earn from about fifty to one hundred and fifty euros a day, and I was like, Russell, mate, like this is, I don't know about this. We could just get a bar job. We know we know what we will get with that, and he was like, Nah, let's do it, let's do it. So I was like, Why not? We're not going to go home with we'll the and then because you emailed Natasha, didn't you, Russell? Nah. No, there was
1: no email involved actually. That was the kind of weird thing about it. We had sort of like a moment where we are like, what's going on in the hostel, I went off on the computer, found this like, advert and it basically was just an advert and I called the lady called Natasha, lovely lady. And she was like, oh, okay, all sounds great. So where are you now? And I was like calling you from Croatia. And she was like, why, why are you calling me from Croatia? I'm in Rome at the Coliseum. And she literally said, call me when you're at the Coliseum. And I said, do you want an email? And she said, no, no email. Just call me when you're here. And uh, we were sort of looking at each other like, what do we do? Do we go for it? And uh, yeah, we did, we did. Next stop was Rome.
0: Okay, this is great. I love it because a lot of people think that traveling costs all this money or it's too hard to kind of make a living on the road. But nowadays, with all these different options, especially with the online world, there's ways to make it happen. And I know English is a very in-demand skill because there's a lot of tourists that speak English. And this is a great way to make some extra money or make it a full-time work. Now, tell us about how you, you know, get into the flow of this. You just show up at the Colosseum and you're supposedly an expert on Rome now or, you know, how does this work? OK, well,
1: first of all, we weren't tour guides. You know, we learned we learned that. And that's something that came along the journey of it all. First of all, we were just hustling tickets. So basically, there's big, long lines outside the Colosseum. Italy is internationally famous for being one of the most disorganized countries in the world. And believe me, it's very, very true. Uh, the lines get super long. And often, you know, people are just paying for tickets to go inside. And they queue a long time for it. So our job was to run around with big smiles on our faces, and uh, tell people about why they should pay a little bit more uh, to enrich their experience, get the history, and also,
0: as a byproduct, not wait in long lines. Hold on. Make sure you hit on that point of you know how'd you learn how to hustle? Because obviously, you need to get some tickets sold or whatnot, or you're going to be out of a job. Did you learn some skill set, some uh, persuasion to to have them come with you? Ooh, Harry, do you want
2: to take this one? Well, I think we had the benefit of being English. Uh, in, in terms of everyone was, we were obviously selling English guided tours so the people that we were approaching spoke English and I, they seemed to trust us more because we were also speaking English and so that was something that like we were lucky with which actually angered a lot of the people that we were like um, the other people that were working trying to sell tours that weren't English because we were just these young lads that came down and started doing really well early on. Also, I think it's just um
0: gift of the gab, maybe. I think maybe we both had a bit of that. Okay, I got you. So you started hustling, right? Now what? So first of all, we started hustling the
1: tickets. Do you remember how the pitch went, Harry? Because we haven't done it in so long, actually. We had a little a little way that we'd do it. I think it was like, hi guys, how you doing? You're going inside today and people would just be so surprised because the level of English is pretty bad in Rome. And back then, even more so. It, young Italians are starting to speak English. But before that, it was like a few words they'd speak in, in a strict or backwards way. So people would be like, whoa. And then we'd be like their best mate in Rome, sort of telling them where to go, what to do. And yeah, we get them through to buying the tour. Um, we actually started selling tours for a guide called Colin who in fact now is the third partner in our company Carpe Diem Rome and he taught us a hell of a lot about what we knew so we were selling tours for him and then he started since he was English you know and he he was quite like us he started letting us come along on them we started even going for beers after work with him that sort of thing and he he just sort of took us under his wing and, and we learned a hell of a lot from him not not solely him we were very You know, we were open-minded people and we spent a lot of time with different kinds of people, even Italian guides that maybe, you know, you wouldn't usually rub up against. But, um, yeah, we wanted to get immersed in the culture and get the angle from many different guides. So that was a lot of the learning, although, you know, we took to books as well. And it was just a thing that came over time. Sometimes we weren't selling for amazing guides. And when we weren't, people would often come back and complain. But more or less, they'd be like, why are you not doing the talk? that's what we don't understand because we bought the tour because it was you and your energy.
0: So. Yeah. Now what, what's drawing you to do this? I mean, you're obviously young and you want to keep traveling. Did you think this was a a long-term thing? Was the money that good? I mean, what's really drawing you to be, you know, English dudes doing tours in, in Rome? I don't know. Maybe we both have different, different goals in the end for me
1: I love traveling and it's been an addiction since I first left the UK when I was 18 so for me my ultimate goal is to just earn money online and you know turn my laptop on once once a day and just do that and then go wherever I want so that's where I want to be
2: um I don't know what's it for you Harry we had different because I basically did the a month um initial month working in policy and then went traveling for a little bit longer I think another like two three weeks and then I went to uni so I studied uh, business at Bournemouth University so I did that for what four years but I would always come back to Rome in Easter and summer and work either as a promoter or start to learn to be a guide and then came and would work just as a summer as a guide and what drew me, drew me back I would say Love Rome. Rome is amazing. We're obviously going to get onto how amazing Rome is. The money, the money is growing Really, really good. Colosseum was the most visited place in the world last year. So there's there's massive amounts of money there, which obviously is a big draw. And just the lifestyle. The lifestyle is amazing. Um, working for yourself, which now is is incredible. Even the lifestyle as a guide was really really cool because you would work. You would do about when we were working for other companies we would work about three four tours a day so four hours and yeah get a get a load of money and then that was it that was all, all we needed to do and it wasn't like most jobs where you're tied in to a contract or anything like that if we wanted if me and Russell wanted to go down to the south of Italy for a week we would just say we're going we'll see you in a week and just go so like the flexibility that side of it was just amazing so good
0: yeah. It's that, that freedom with that travel spirit. And I can attest to the way of life in Italy. I, I do enjoy it a lot, but also to the point you're making, I mean, is it really work? Cause I see, here's the, here's how we connected. You were my tour guide, right? And you were, you were damn good at it too. And you had some good energy and, and, and whatnot, but it's also kind of an interesting job. I mean, you know, cracking the jokes, you have your routine, you get to meet a bunch of different characters Um you know, it's it's different. It's kind of like adventure, would you say this this life you're living? Yeah, so much. It's so good. You
2: meet so many people from all sorts of different walks of life. Like that's what I really enjoyed with the the tour. You obviously, like you said, you have your moments where you're talking, but then in between walking from monument to monument, you're you're getting to know the people on your tours, and sometimes you meet some such cool people. Every tour is different, so it is an awesome job actually quite hard to do when you're hungover
0: but it is an awesome job you got something russell you're smiling ear to ear (laughs) yeah honestly it's one of the
1: best jobs ever i mean you it took a long there's a lot of studying and it was very nervous when you first take a group of 40 people around you know there's there's a lot on you and there were some moments where things go a bit wrong but if you can have a laugh on yourself, then you'll always be able to, to have that in front of the group, you know? So there was a few times where I forgot my words and I was like, oh my God, pressure of all 40 of you in front of me has got to me. You have a moment like that, it's fine. And, and then once you're over that and you do know the history behind it, um, you can keep adding to it, of course, but it becomes fun, really. You go down to work. You, we were often starting about 11 o'clock in the morning. So it's a pretty late start because people have a, Generally, a pretty late start, you know, uh, when they're on holiday, and yeah, you, you meet a lot of people. You we would meet between about one hundred and fifty to two hundred people a day working for other people's companies. We don't deal with quite so many on our own. We try to keep groups a bit smaller, a bit more personal. But yeah, it's you meet all those people, and then you end up doing something different every night with the people that you meet, and it you just it's amazing, man. It's amazing.
0: As, it's as well, that-
1: as well. Um, I would say that is a bit of a niche here in Italy, though just because uh, there's not much opportunity in italy we're just in in tourism and tourism is very big here.
0: yeah it's not a a nine to five same old thing every day you know i mean there's some there's some life to it now how do you put on that show because it's kind of what you're doing as a tour guide you're you're directing a play you know giving an experience to these tourists what are some some ways that you can, you know, capture a crowd and keep them entertained and and interested?
1: Well, it's a good question, to be honest. Communication is super important. Being relaxed as well is important because if you're relaxed, they're relaxed. So very much you set the tempo for the group. So if you go in and you're a bit stressed out and you're a bit like, oh, what's going on? You know, you just come down from your last tour and you haven't taken some deep breaths before, that's going to set the pace for the the rest of the tour so very much in your behavior your body language as well as you said you know you've got those lines which you know work and then in between you can be a bit free i'd say the main thing is is when you're starting you've got to know what captivates everyone when you get to know a bit more you need to be able to adapt depending on the people you're with because then you can sort of change the tour dependent of you know how it's going and when you do a freestyle tour like that it becomes really interesting and really cool it's a completely different experience so yeah in answer to your question there's there's lots of different ways to sort of keep people entertained um, I'd say a lot depends on the way that you behave and the way that you can communicate with people Harry what have you got to say
2: yeah I would say I don't know about you you probably agree but I'd say the first five minutes is actually very important because a lot of people come on tours and a lot of people think, like, associate a tour with being relatively boring, like boring tour guides and whatnot. So the first five minutes, a lot of people are on the fence. They're like, am I going to stay for this whole tour? Is this tour guide going to be boring? And then if you come in really high energy, wow them first five minutes, usually they're one over and then everyone's enjoying it. But it's quite interesting just to see yeah, how everyone's pretty sceptical at the start. But then once you win people over, it's actually a really good feeling.
0: Yeah, I'd assume. I mean, there's a lot of research that goes on. There's a lot of you know memorizing things and then obviously keeping attention spans. And there's a whole little gig going on here with the, the tour guides. Now, you became the tour guide. And then what led you to say, you know what, let's start a business, me and my guys kind of take me through this business process of setting up your own shop?
1: Okay, well, I'll take the lead on that one then. So we're, we sort of started planning it in the winter of last year. No, not last year, year before. Okay, um, We'd basically done all the different jobs. We'd done all the different jobs. We'd, we'd stalled people that had to wait 30 minutes for a tour when they should have been going right now. We'd been the guide, we'd sold the tour. And we just realized the game was changing and that more and more of these companies were going online. And and we were relying on street traffic. We were working for companies that just relied on street traffic. So we also knew that the quality on those tours wasn't always fantastic. Often we'd take people for the second part of the tour, which would be the Palatine Hill and Roman Forum, the ancient city of Rome and the Palaces of the Emperors, before they'd have an hour with a Colosseum guide. And often they were Italian guys that didn't speak great English and didn't give the same experience that we did. And I mean, it was great for us because people would be like, wow, you're amazing. (laughs) But at, at the same time, we realized that there was room for improvement and that these the way things are moving. We've been talking about it earlier. You have, you know, this online thing. So we yeah, we basically just designed a logo and we started copying what our competitors had done. Not like we were doing something that hadn't been done before. Now we're starting to look into creative things. Now we're established that other people haven't done, which will be exciting for the future of our business, of course. Um, but yeah, it wasn't too hard of a process. We were just copying what other people had done.
0: Okay, so Harry, tell, tell our listeners at Bold Perceptions what makes you unique? What makes this, this company you got unique and how are they going to get this amazing experience in Rome because of you guys?
2: Oh, good question. You put me
0: on a spot. I feel like I'm in an interview
2: now. <laughs> no, I think um, what makes us unique really is like the, you come on one of our tours. They're very, very personal. They're a very small group. You usually get one of us or the, the tour guides that we use, if they're not us, they're such high quality guides that are not just going to take you on a tour that's just one hour long. You're just going to talk about these things. They're gonna to get to know you. You're gonna feel like after you've done the tour, you've actually like made a friend. Do you know what I mean? So it's like very per- all of our tours are yeah, extremely personable, high energy. You'd have an amazing time. What about you, Russell? You you're good with these questions.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a hard question. You're right. And I'd just say that what makes us unique is you're always going to have a five-star experience with us because we care so much about that. And that's from talking about the day in our, in like, we had a flat together in Rome. We're not in Rome at the moment, of course. We had to escape. Um, but, you know, we're talking about everybody's name, like on the list before we even leave the house. So we know every client that we're dealing with. Um, so it's kind of a bit funny because we get, often get down to the meeting point and we're like, oh, okay, you're Sheila. And they're like, how did you know? Mate? And we're like, okay, well, <laughs> we kind of guessed and we knew, blah, blah, blah. We've, speak, we've spoken about you before, you know? And as as I was saying, we have that personal touch. We go out with a lot of our clients after the tours. That happens a a fair amount, you know. For us, it's as exciting as it is for the people that come on it. So, yeah, I'd say you also never know where it's going to go because we do know a fair amount. And as I said, you can say personal. That's probably the way to go for it. Uh, We just sort of play the game depending on the way the conversation goes and making it relatable to the modern world. Making it a lesson, you know, but an interactive lesson that we guide you along throughout.
0: Yeah, and I can I can attest to that. Harry was really good, and he uh, I'm I'm fascinated with Roman history. I'm a nerd for this stuff, and he answered a lot of my questions. We did the the old ancient city, and I was asking left and right, and he had you know 20 other people in there, and, and he was taking the time to um, answer those questions for me. So I, I had a great time, and that's you know a reason we're talking right now is because of that. But um, okay, so people that are interested in making money while traveling, um, you guys did it, you figure out a way to do it. Now, what would be your recommendations, your your advice, not necessarily to become a tour guide, but hey, maybe, but any ways to kind of make money in this travel type lifestyle or the nomadic life? I think,
2: yeah, if you're, if you're an English speaker, there is always going to be opportunities all over Europe, well, all over the world, probably, because everyone, well, it's so highly spoken English, always going to be opportunities and opportunities that you have no idea about. And like, for example, our Coliseum one, we would have never dreamed of working, selling tours outside the Coliseum, but opportunities arise that I would just advise people just to go for just take yourself out of your comfort zone and then who knows what will happen. Like, look at us now, five, five years on, we own our own business purely because we took ourselves out of our comfort zone and just took a risk, just went for something that,
0: yeah. Hold on, hold on. How did those opportunities arise? You guys searched for them, right? And then you're saying the risk was to just show up at the Coliseum and, and see what happens. Is that what you're saying? Yeah,
2: exactly. So there was the, so with, uh, so with, um, Rome, there was a website called wanted in Rome where people just list job opportunities. So I'm guessing there's that type of thing all over Europe or all over the world. And then we were just scrolling through, like I said, a lot of bar opportunities. Like I think that's a safe option that if people are a bit, yeah, want to be safer and have more secure money, you can always get a bar job somewhere, but there's always going to be jobs that arise that take you out of your comfort zone that you can go for. Okay,
1: just adding a little bit to that, um, to anyone that is actually thinking of taking the leap and going and working somewhere else. You probably have to take the leap first. But yeah, as Harry said, there are websites that you can find jobs listed on, although they're not always listed on these websites. But you can look for things like Wanted in Rome is one we used in Rome, and it's like a forum for classified adverts. So anywhere that's got classified ads, you could even find these kind of opportunities on Reddit, for example. I've rented many places across Europe, houses using um reddit that's one one that i've gone to i know that's pretty big in the states so um but things that you can look out for you at every hostel you know you need people that speak english so you can always find the hostel job for me i never wanted to work for accommodation because personally i wanted to make money but you can find good hostel jobs uh, you can also bank on the fact that in every city there's an irish bar and every irish bar needs someone that speaks english to serve drinks so I, when we first moved to Rome, I did the Coliseum because at the, at the start of the Colosseum job, we were being paid per head. So depending on how many people we converted to buy tours. So we had a few blanks at the start. So I did a job in an Irish bar and that was the Abbey Theatre in Rome. If anyone's going through Rome, great fun. Hit the Abbey Theatre up and have a good night. My man Darian works on the bar. <laughs> so he'll, go see Darian. He'll take care of you.
0: Now, now here's a big question. You kind of brought it up. You said you never wanted to kind of work just for accommodation. I know a lot of people that go work on a farm in Spain, get that paid for, or go work in the wine fields in Florence, but they're not making money. It's temporary, you know, allows you to travel and live. Now is what you're doing, you obviously started a business, but is there, is there long-term chances with this kind of stuff or are a lot of the jobs just temporary? You're not going to be able to save or, or do anything with it.
1: I think it depends on you really what do you want to make it into you know when we first were introduced to that Coliseum Life it was like you know you could either go go at it and make it a profession and really earn a lot of money or you could stand about and have a chat so for us we made it our thing um, if you only want to do it temporarily often these things start as temporary jobs we were at the bottom of the pecking order you know and we sort of made, created our, our value so That, I'd say, is down to you and your skills. We're travelers. Often these jobs, you know, they they understand that people come and go. So you need to be a good worker. and You need to be like, yeah, I'm here to stay, earn your worth.
0: Now, are you talking about like an American work ethic where you're working, you know, 12 hours a day type deal? Or or what kind of work are you really putting in to kind of live this? Because it's like... For the most part, where I've been and around, you know, there's a difference with American, you know, how much we work and stuff and kind of European. It's more relaxed and, you know, you can you can get your flat. You don't have a, a mega mansion, you know, all this debt. So are you saying, I mean, what kind of work are you talking about? Is it feasible for the the normal person? Yeah, of course. Anything anything is feasible for the normal person. It is just a matter of time,
1: guys. It doesn't matter what it is you want to do in life. I'm, I'm a strong believer in that. You got to adapt, you got to change, you got to evolve. And you know, if everything turned on its head and I wasn't able to become
0: a tour guide, I'd create something else for myself. So I'm, I'm a strong believer in that. That's good. I like you, Russell. I, I uh, connect with that thought process. But Harry, I got a question for you. How, how fulfilling has it been? You seem kind of like a quieter type, you know what I mean? That's the kind of vibe I get from you. How fulfilling has it been to get out of your comfort zone, to live in Rome, to do all this stuff, not be you know back in England? Has it been a really neat experience in your life?
2: Yeah, it's been awesome, mate. I think I could have taken the safer route, like went to university, got a standard job after university in London. But who knows how much that would have like, fulfilled me, like you said, going out and working in Rome, just throwing myself out there to a whole new city just been amazing
0: you've had just crazy experiences met a ton of wicked people I mean it's been totally worth it huh Mate, yeah tell me about it so so many people met
2: so many experiences had yeah awesome good. good I love
0: it okay now that we kind of talked about your guys's nomad journey making money let's talk about this city the city that's captured your guys's heart that city that's it blew my mind away in a city that I think everyone once in their life needs to see the eternal city of uh, of Rome. Now, (laughs) tell us what the hell we should do. Where should we stay? What should we see? What should we do? You know, when you're in Rome, do you live as the Romans? You know, feed us your tour guide information.
1: Okay, just before we get stuck into that, Nick, I don't know if you deliberately scheduled this call today, but I just want to let everybody know that today is Rome's birthday. It couldn't be more fitting that we're having this podcast. And when I say Rome's birthday, it's 2,773 years old today. That's when it was founded, on the 21st of April. So, I mean, it's a bit of a different situation. Normally, we're dressed up as gladiators and, or wearing togas, having a big toga party in Rome, because that's genuinely what happens. Um, so we won't be celebrating it quite the same way today. We're celebrating it with you. But back to the question about the city. Oh. It's an amazing city. There is so much to it. And I genuinely think that the history that, that has happened here, it can catch anyone. There, there is a bit of something for everyone.
0: Where, oh, I mean, where do you start to be honest?
1: Yeah, I can, I can
0: attest to that, man. I mean, it's literally, it blew my mind, you know, being there, because everywhere you go, you see something, you know what I mean? It could be a 1,000 years old, 2,000 years old. It could be from the Renaissance. It could be from ancient Rome, but it's literally everything. And it's there's a feeling you get to, I think, when you're in Rome is like, you know, holy shit, this is what, you know, humans were able to accomplish 2000 years ago. Or this is like the pinnacle kind of of, you know, human civilization. type Is that the kind of feeling you guys get there, too? Oh, yeah, of course. And when you start learning about ancient Rome and you start realizing
1: that they introduced so many things that are very, very important thing in today's infrastructure in cities, cities. Um, Many influences have been behavior, law, for example, pretty much derives from the Romans. So it's really interesting. and I'd say that's interesting, but it's also interesting because of the psychology of humans back then, what was going on, what was deemed acceptable, for example, like these crazy blood sports. And one of the things that fascinates me the most personally is that psychological jump from what it takes from being a human now to get into where we were as Romans. For example, you know, today everyone loves a bit of MMA. It's one of the biggest sports or biggest growing sports. People love their subscription to UFC or one championship, depending where in the world you are. And what, you know, now it's taboo to kill someone for for sport. But really, you know, we're halfway there anyway. We're just
0: practicing it in a safer way. So That's a great point. I want to say something. That's a great point about a lot of people look back at the ancient people or, you know, even a couple hundred years ago and think, oh, they were so stupid or this and that. But, you know, a lot of these people had a lot figured out and maybe they had more figured out than, you know, what we have now. I know there's a lot of things in Rome like the concrete that we still haven't figured out how they made and, and things like that, that kind of blow your mind. But that's why I've always, I've been studying history now for the past couple years. It was boring in school, right? But when you start looking into it on your own and, and get fascinated by it, you realize just how smart these people were back there, you know what I mean, and, and what they really did understand. But, hey, Harry, let's get down to the basics here. Where do I stay when I visit Rome? Tell me exactly where I should stay. Where do you stay? So I'd say couple, two of
2: my favorite areas, well, my favorite, absolute favorite is an area called Tristevere which is just over the river. If you're looking on a map, it's just below the Vatican. And that is like beautiful. It's amazing. It's really like a, an old school Italian town. So it's like tiny, small streets, um, beautiful restaurants, some really, really nice bars. And then another area is an area called Monte, which is where me and Russell live. Well, used to live before this corona um which is about a 10 minute walk from the coliseum so again amazing amazing restaurants bars and stuff and then if you're just going on on holiday there for like four days i would say personally actually i wouldn't want to live there because i live there all the time but on a holiday i'd like to live uh stay pretty central if you say pretty central say for example near the trevi fountain then you're walking distance from the Colosseum and the Vatican, and there's just amazing restaurants like all around the outskirts. So if you stay central, you're walking distance because you wanna, it's, it's actually relatively small and you can actually get to places very easily on foot. So if you say central,
0: then that's probably easiest. Okay, now Russell, let's say I'm going there for um, an average vacation of five days. I'm a normal person. Tell me, what the hell do I do in those five days? There's one or two days I just walk around. Uh, do I, for sure, got to go to the Colosseum, the the steps, the go on the bridges? You know, give me a game plan for a normal person visiting Rome for five days.
1: Oh, okay, so first I've got to assume that you're a normal person, Nick. Is that right? You're not your average person. I can tell that already. But in a five-day plan, well, you've got to hit the big ones, of course. The Colosseum and the Vatican have to be done. If you're there for five days, you should definitely do them both. If you're there for three, then maybe, personally, I'd consider choosing one because I wouldn't want to run around all the time. There's so much to Rome, and you can get lost. Being a tour guide, it might sound a bit crazy, but you can get lost in doing the tours and doing the history, and there is so much else to see. It has some of the most beautiful parks in the world. We've got Caffarella. Gianicolo, Pamphili, beautiful viewpoints. Go and get lost and take a bottle of wine. My favourite one, by the way, guys, is Gianicolo. You hear a lot about viewpoints in Rome. These days, you won't find many hidden, hidden gems because a lot of people come, but Gianicolo, it's a bit further away, but it is the best view of Rome, without a doubt. So I'd say make sure you go and spend some time drinking some nice wine, or if you don't drink wine, whatever you do, and uh, just sitting down and enjoying it. You've got I would say you should probably go and do the Trevi Fountain, the Spanish steps. You've got the Pantheon. Probably one of my favorite buildings in the whole world. The pantheon, you just have to go and spend a bit of time in it. It's a, it's a free, it's a church actually today. So it's free. You can nip in and out. It takes about 30 minutes in the center. And it's the largest unreinforced dome in the world. Or unenforced dome in the world. It's got a huge hole in the roof called Noculus. It's deliberate. It's awesome. A really nice one to go and do is the Aventine Keyhole. So the Aventine Keyhole is a real hidden gem. It's this beautiful keyhole that lines up the Vatican perfectly from about a kilometre and a half way on this hill. There's a lot of speculation as whether it was deliberate or not, but lovely orange gardens up there. You can go and visit. The Mouth of Truth as well. The Boca della Verita. So the Mouth of Truth. It's a massive uh, drain cover that you can go and visit. Uh, from the ancient Roman times. And basically the mouth and the eyes are holes and they they would let the water pass through. And there's a a sort of a legend behind it that if you tell a lie and you put your hand in the mouth of truth, it's gonna basically eat your hand. So it's just a pretty cool one to go see, especially if you've got kids or you're with children, take them along to see that.
0: I like that. Uh, I'll tell you my favorite memory when I was in Rome last summer. I, uh, I was with some friends and they wanted to go clubbing at night and I was, I, I didn't feel like it and uh, I bought two bottles of wine, it was like 11 o'clock, we just got done with dinner, so I was already drunk and I went to the Trevi Fountain by myself at night and like nobody was there, it was all lit up and I just got drunk by myself and it was magical. I absolutely loved it, it was beautiful, but Harry, your unique Roman spots people should visit. Okay, my favourite one, um, and it's
2: so cool because it's a hidden gem. A lot of people miss it, and it is literally amazing. It's called Basilica San Clemente, and uh, it's a church. It's a roughly about five-minute walk from the Colosseum. And the story, well, actually, I set the scene. Basically, Rome, Rome used to flood loads all the time and um, until Mussolini built the riverbanks there. And prior to that, because it would flood a lot, bits of dirt and sediment would collect raising the street level so everywhere you go all over rome is like a city built on top of a city i like to think of it as like a historical lasagna it's amazing there's just layer on top of layer. so this church is like the prime example of that so you go there basilica san clemente now the story goes um it was a church built in the 12th century there was a priest that was living there And this priest couldn't sleep because he was hearing continuously running water, so he uh, excavated the bottom of that church, that church was built on top of another church that was built in the sixth century, still couldn't sleep, still hearing this running water, did the same again, and then that church from the sixth century was built, uh, excavated the bottom of that, and that was built on top of a pagan temple from the second century, and then down there there was running water, so you, so this, this priest was not going mad. He was actually here in this running water. And you can visit it now, it's 10 euros, and you go down to all three layers. And it is amazing. It's literally, you're walking down, you're just going back in time, back in time. And you can see the
0: running water when you get right down to the bottom. So that is my hidden gem. That's, that's sweet. And I remember being in the ancient city, and you can, you can see the levels that I mean, can't you? In the, the ancient forum. Yeah, yeah, completely. So the,
2: so the Roman Forum, uh, where we did a tour, that was all completely underground up until 1920. So because, like, like I said, all the dirt and sediment collected, collected, and then Mussolini excavated that whole area. So in 1920, it was actually Rome's largest um, dairy farm. So there would have been like cows wandering around with like half pillars, half temples sticking up out of the ground. And Mussolini did the whole uh, project where he just excavated the whole area. Three hundred thousand workers in seven years it took which sounds like a long time but the scalar project should have taken about 30
0: years he like destroyed quite a lot of the um, monuments and stuff russell for for the people that want to have fun and party i know rome's got a, a nice party scene where should they go
1: yeah rome does have a party scene however one thing i always like to say to people if you're thinking party like techno music you're going out all night Uh, with djs rome's not that city there are a few areas where you can go to and you can find some clubs um and if you're looking for the underground scene it's there but not every night you know in some cities like london where more or less where i'm from you can expect that there's 10 different clubs every night with an underground scene in rome it's it's few like they're not often like a few a month you know and everyone knows about it so if you want to go clubbing rome's not the city save your pennies for the next one you're going to next city you're off to um but if you want to go out and socialize and hit bars it's definitely the place it's very very sociable rome it's the place where you know people just ask you what you're doing in the street and you end up having a conversation with them so bars are fantastic and and if you're going out in the center um there's a few that i'd recommend i'd recommend bar del fico i mentioned the abbey theater earlier but you've got the drunken ship if you for later hours and if you want to find students and younger people another great one though is scholars and i think scholars is like the biggest Irish bar in Europe now. We have it here in Rome, and um, it gets wild. They do karaoke every Thursday, and it's just good fun. Go and embarrass yourself.
0: Harry, Harry, best restaurants and food you have to eat, and throw in wine too. What kind of wine do you need to drink? Well, to answer that question,
2: Nick, you're going to have to come on one of our food tours because we got some food tours up and running. We've got a food tour in Trastevere, which is amazing we go to all sorts of different things try local italian food such as like obviously pizza pizza is just pizza is like part of the italian culture which is amazing because most people think of a pizza you think of a huge round pizza that you eat and then you just feel so full after but in italy pizza is slightly different because they've got loads of pizzerias everywhere where you just nip in you get a quick slice and it's just amazing that's what I love doing suppli. Um, suppli is like uh, mozzarella um, risotto, deep fried uh, into like a little ball, and they're just like a s- snack. Restaurants um, macaroni is probably my favourite one. It's uh, near the Pantheon, and it's it's it, the thing is with Italian restaurants, as long as you're not going. Out straight outside the Trevi Fountain, straight outside the Colosseum, to these touristy places, because there you're going to get ripped off and the quality is going to be rubbish because they get so much footfall. They don't care about reviews. So they just know people are going to be walking past hungry. So they know they're going to get people. You want to go to the back streets of Rome. So like, yeah, Little Alleyway, I usually find it sounds ridiculous, but the smaller the better. You get a tiny restaurant and it is just incredible.
1: OK, just to add to that as well, if you check out our blog, you know, we've recently done one on how to find a good restaurant in Rome and we're always blogging about food. So you can keep up to date with that through us, guys. Um, but yeah, macaroni is a fantastic spot. We love that one. We go there all the time. It's where you're going to get, you know, real Italian service. They're going to make a fuss out of you. You're going to get the big antipasties. They do pasta and meat with pizza. Oh, don't get me started. I eat pizza for breakfast in Italy and I didn't even think that was allowed until I moved there. I also didn't think it was allowed to eat pizza and pasta in the same day. Yeah, but now I live in Italy and I do that all the time. I'm an offender.
0: Okay, as we as we wrap up this uh session, you guys have been fantastic. Um kind of pitch people um uh, why they need to go to Rome before they die. Okay.
1: I'll take the lead on this and then I'll leave you with it, Harry. Um, Why you need to go to Rome. It just has so much historical importance. um, And actually so much of what happened here affects your daily life today. You want to be able to see what mankind is capable of. These incredible buildings. They're so ornate. If you go to the Pantheon, that's probably the best example of what a Roman building would have looked like because it's almost intact over the years. You'll go there, you'll see that and you'll look at the buildings we build today and you'll you'll think, why? How has it gone wrong? You know, where, where? how did these places used to look so cool and be so grand? You're going to have a real shock and you're going to be so interested as well. You're going to find some niche in all of this where you, you are amazed. You're going to take that moment and be like, wow, I'm glad I came to Rome.
2: All I would say is what other city in the world could you go to, for example, the Trevi Fountain, such a beautiful fountain built in 1732, walk five minutes go to the Pantheon which was built in 125 AD so five minutes between them and there's 17,000 years between them and then you walk five more minutes and you're eating the best pizza you've ever eaten in your whole life like it's just got everything for me you can just walk around have no idea where you're going and you mentioned it Nick you turn a corner and you just see this huge building which you have no idea what it is like I even we're we're doing walking tours and sometimes our walking tours are quite hard because people are like what's that and it's like I actually don't know like there's just so much in Rome you can just get lost in it foods amazing yeah could not
0: recommend it enough fantastic well I think you guys did great Um, I I had a great time with you Harry on on our tour Uh, tell the people you know your website uh, the Instagram and then obviously we're going to talk about doing a deal for our people, you know, if they choose you and probably get a, a discount or something like that. So, Pit, or promote all your stuff.
2: Yeah, definitely. We could definitely strike a deal, 100%. Um, so, we're, what we're working on at the moment is because obviously this downtime, we're really working on our social media side of things and our blogs. So, our name, we're Carpe DM Rome. So you can find us www.carpediemrome, and you can check out all the tours that we're doing and all the blogs that we're writing at the moment. We're doing about two a week at the moment. We're even looking to branch out to do London, Florence and Venice tours. So not just Rome. Yeah, yeah. So, so keep an eye out for that. And um, yeah, Russell, what do you reckon?
1: I reckon you should all give us a like on Facebook for sure. And yeah, just get on there. We're making so much creative content now. And it's something we never thought we'd be looking at doing six weeks ago. But now this is hit. Maybe it's it's going to change the game for us. We're so online. We'd, we have another podcast, which we're going to release very shortly. We've got a series we're going to do on Crazy Emperors. So if you want to know about completely barbaric people that ruled the world, get on our channel. It's interesting stuff. And yeah, if you come over to Rome, come and hit us up. I guarantee you it'll be a completely different experience and, and we'll have fun. And yeah, talking about deals, I reckon we've got a little discount code that we can give away. Hey, Harry.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think we have to um, discuss that with Nick off air. (laughs) Also, I, I forgot to mention, we're very open to working with like travel bloggers and people like that. We're trying to be as creative as we can during this downtime. So anyone that's listening that you feel like maybe we could benefit each other, please get in contact with us.
0: Yeah, I love that. You guys are doing some, some cool stuff. That's neat. And making the most of this uh, this quarantine. And also, I want to add, is, uh, your story is good. We talked about it at the start. You know, the, the nomad, the travelers figure out a way to make money and live that way. So if some people are interested in talking to you about that, you know, are they able to do so, get some advice, some help?
1: Yeah, of course. Guys, if you are interested, you know, you do have some inhibitions about going and doing that, and it's something that you've thought about, please do message us. Hit us up on the Facebook. Um, we're always on it between the three of us, our partners, and Harry and I'll get back to you and help you out with that, gives you suggestions. Um, we went through the whole process. So yeah, we're more than happy to help on the side of, of tours with stuff like that, no problem at all. Can I just say one thing? Do you know what Carpe Diem means? Our name.
0: Yeah, I've seen that movie, uh, the Robin Williams, right? I've seen that. Isn't it live free or something or have fun? Life's good?
1: Yeah, more or less. So, Carpe Diem was, a, it's actually a phrase by a Roman poet from 23 BC. And essentially, to, it's like the YOLO of the ancient times. And it, it means like seize the day. You know, so take that moment, take that opportunity in life. And, and that's a very big ethos in both of our lives Harry's and I's so yeah we'd say seize the day go and do it go travel go find it because you know it's not going to come to you you've got to go find it you've got to put yourself out there
0: I like that you guys got some good energy I'm glad we did this and I hope that we can uh help each other in 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 both this this area so appreciate you guys stay safe in this coronavirus and I hope to see you in uh Rome this summer so Yeah, nice one, mate. Thank you very much. Enjoyed it a lot.
2: You're back. Ciao.